All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's special edition of Elections Weekly. It has been a while since our last episode. Uh, there has been uh, a bunch of stuff that's happened in the meantime. Uh, some of it interesting, some of it uninteresting. But we figured we'd come back for tonight because we have a very interesting event that has occurred, something that's not happened in over 100 years. Uh, we've had a Speaker of the House race uh, election, as it were, that did not result in a candidate winning on the first ballot. This used to be more common than it is, but generally speaking, over the last century, um, give or take, you know, another 20 years, uh, it has been just generally normal that the leader of the majority party uh, gets elected as the House Speaker with no difficulty whatsoever. Uh, this is the exception. A group of uh, uh, of Republicans, you may call them a bunch of terms, I've heard terms like idiot, imbecile, moron, um, being thrown around, have decided that uh, they do not want Kevin McCarthy is speaker. They want someone else as speaker. Uh, who do they want as speaker? They've not said. Uh, they put up Jim Jordan, who is not running for speaker and does not want to be speaker of the House. Uh, the, the the conditions they've made for potentially changing their votes to support McCarthy are uh, incomprehensible at best and nonsensical uh, power grabs at worst. Uh, we'll talk about kind of what they're, what they're asking for and um, what the potential pass forward here could be. But needless to say, not the day Kevin McCarthy wanted. This is a razor-thin House majority, 222 uh, to 213. Uh, to 213. Oh, I'm starting to pour outside. Uh, 222 to 213 uh, majority uh, in the House of Representatives. Um, obviously, there is a Democrat. Uh, uh, Virginia's 4th District is vacant because of the death of the incumbent congressman. So it's really 222 to 212 right now, which means 218 votes are needed to become House Speaker. Uh, and 19 have defected, uh, and most of the votes, the last vote had 20 that defected, an additional Republican uh, defected, but said he's also open to undefecting at a later undisclosed point. So this is the condition as it is right now of where these defecting votes are come from. These are all members of the House Freedom Caucus, uh, although it's not a majority of the House Freedom Caucus. A majority of House Freedom Caucus members have voted for Kevin McCarthy. It is just these 20 members that have decided that that they're too, too too cool for school. So let's go ahead and throw it around here. First, what are your initial thoughts? Then we'll kind of go into their demands uh, that they've had uh, accepted and rejected along the way and how we see this thing going forward. I see a bunch of possibilities being thrown, thrown around here, but most of them seem pretty unlikely at best. So what do you guys think? What's going on here? And uh, just where are we going to uh, start off the show, I guess? Um, I am not at all surprised that it went this way from McCarthy. Um, I am surprised that there seems to be no heir apparent mm -hmm. to McCarthy. Um, but yeah, this is not that big a shock. Um, the Freedom Caucus did not want to vote for McCarthy. They said as much. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised that he didn't win on first ballot. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know why he's sticking around um, going to a second and third ballot doesn't seem to be a great strategy when nothing's changed. You're not going to beat them into submission. <laughs> well, I think that's their exact plan. And I, I will mention, of course, that, you know, with, with this, with these votes here, with the Freedom Caucus, with all the stuff going on, the vast majority of Republicans do support Kevin McCarthy for speaker. Sure. Um, this is, this is not, this is not debatable. Uh, there is a lot of anger being thrown around towards these 20 members of Congress right now, or actually not even members of Congress, because we have not sworn in the new Congress yet. They're all members <laughs> elected at this point. So great job 
Um, uh, so obviously, this is a big, big problem if you're a Republican. They, uh, if you're a Freedom Caucus member who is inclined to not vote for any bills for any reason whatsoever, this is not a big deal. On the other hand, if you're a Republican who would like to, for example, fire Nancy Pelosi staff members or have a new Speaker of the House, start investigations, get committee memberships, and, and you know all the stuff set in place, uh, you're pretty unhappy right now. And it's no surprise that people like Dan Crenshaw, uh, Dan Bacon, or Don Bacon, Patrick McHenry, among others, are uh, fuming right now, to, to say the least, over what is going on. Uh, d- even the more inexplicable thing is that Bob Good said yesterday that there would be a strong conservative candidate they had that would be everyone would go for and they'd go for him instead of Scalise or they instead should've. of uh, McCarthy. That was that was a lie because they're going for Jim Jordan, who is not running for and who does speaker. not want the speakership. Yeah. They, they, they didn't tell their candidate the role of speaker of the house. He doesn't. Who would? Who would? He wants, to be, he wants the oversight committee chair. Why would you want to be house speaker instead of oversight committee chair? Their secret candidate was so secret the candidate didn't even know who they were. <laughs> and they're saying this is a benefit. They're saying this is a benefit that uh that you know this is a, that he's like Cincinnatus that you know he doesn't want the job so he'd be perfect for the job, of course. Um, obviously most Republicans don't agree. Uh, two hundred and two of them, in fact, including Jim Jordan. Uh, but this is what they've apparently chosen to go with right now. Jim Jordan will be voting for McCarthy even on the ballot that elects Jim Jordan as speaker. It's it's. <laughs> And again, you need a majority of votes. This is not like the Senate, where you only need a majority of the majority party and a majority of the minority party to determine memberships. Uh, the Senate elects a president pro tem by unanimous vote, generally. But all things considered, they don't have this problem. In the House, though, even though all but 20 Republicans are on board for Kevin McCarthy, uh, they need everyone to be on board, pretty much. And there are a bunch of Republicans who have said they will not vote. Bob Good, for example, said he will never vote for Kevin McCarthy ever for any circumstances whatsoever. Even if everything he wants is given to him, he will not vote for for Kevin McCarthy because he's mad that Kevin McCarthy spent against him in the primary. I think uh, there are a few votes like that. I think there are enough Bob Good types that McCarthy mm-hmm. just can't get through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, so, I mean, we got this. We got this whole debacle going on. Um, to what you were saying earlier, I think the I think the strategy here for McCarthy is pretty simple: is to beat them into submission. Uh, the number one thing that a lot of these members of the Freedom Caucus would be upset about is if conservative media dislikes them. And if you have Sean Hannity and talk radio hosts going against you twenty four seven because you didn't because you're doing something they don't like, that's harder to defend. That that's something that could be a personal damage to their reputation. Do I think Matt Gates, Bob Good, Lauren Boebert care about this too much? Probably not. But it could be enough to sway some people over. And if you have a couple Democratic absences or non-votes, this gets into a situation where the people are really backed into the corner, the ones who don't want McCarthy. See, I think you just – I think the strategy, you kind of mentioned it, is vote until there are no Democrats left Mm -hmm. in the House. Um, Honestly, I don't know why they agreed to this whole motion to adjourn. If I'm McCarthy, the strategy is, okay – we're going to vote until four in the morning until there are no Democrats there. And then all he needs is a majority of his caucus, which he has. He has a decisive majority of his caucus, um, to, to put it simply. Yeah, he has 90 percent. Yes, which is a lot. Generally speaking, you know, and this is interesting. So let's go to the demands here. One of the things the Freedom Caucus, the Freedom Caucus have been very vocal and specific in what demands they want. And a lot of them have been agreed to. 
One thing which is ironic, of course, is they want majority above the majority. Unless, you know, majority of Republicans support a bill, they don't want it to go to the floor. This does not mean, however, that when a majority of Republicans support Kevin McCarthy, they're going to be just let that happen. They obviously want majority of the majority to benefit themselves. So among the things they have wanted is a bunch of rule reforms, which nobody is asking for, nobody cares about, and that are of no concern to virtually anyone whatsoever. Uh, I bring back the motion to vacate the chair. Uh, because they want to be able to hold the speaker for ransom whenever they want. Uh, I think this has been dropped down to five, threshold of five. They want This is brought down to a, th a threshold of five, with the idea being that there could also be only five Republicans would be needed to file a discharge petition. So in other words, if, if these Republicans do decide to vacate the chair, those moderate Republicans could immediately team up with Democrats and do a bunch of things the Freedom Caucus does not like. That's one thing they've wanted. They've wanted, among others, uh, votes on committee chairs to be different. They want a, a ban on earmarks, which the caucus already resoundingly voted against. They voted to keep earmarks. So I'm not sure what they're looking at here in terms of uh, that specific angle. Uh, and more recently, they put out a list of demands that are frankly incredulous. Uh, the, the big ones, they want to basically control all committee chairs. They want to have all of their people in all of the committees they want in all the preferential spots. They want to complete control of that. And they also want zero dollars to be spent on any primary, uh, any open primary by Republican leadership. This is uh, these are, of course, never going to happen. These are ridiculous, ludicrous demands that no one would accept. But these are the conditions they've laid out for McCarthy. And so now we're in a, a bit of a problem. You have obviously the vast majority of the caucus does not want a Freedom Caucus member a speaker. Uh, about half of the Freedom Caucus does not want anyone a speaker who they do not like. So we're at an impasse here. There's not really a solution you can come up with pretty easily other than waiting for Democrats to go away. And Democrats have no reason to go away because this is just good publicity for them. No, this is this is a great day if you're a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the this is the best majority, the best minority they could ask for. Mm -hmm. Oh, they were having fun. If you actually if you watched the um, if anyone who was watching the, the C-SPAN coverage of this. Uh, they were having a blast, uh, a little uh, too much of a blast, actually. I, I, I could have used less of the lengthy rants about why uh, about why Hakeem Jeffries was going to be the greatest House Speaker of all time, for example. Uh, but you can tell they were enjoying themselves because this is clearly amusing content. Uh, I was so, also enjoying myself. Yeah, it, it's incredibly amusing. So let's go ahead and look at some of these members here that are uh, that are not allowing a that do not want Kevin McCarthy. You, of course, have Bob Good from Virginia's fourth district who was famously elected because the previous Republican officiated a gay marriage and that angered some people. You have I, can't, I can't believe that guy turns out to be a bomb thrower. Yep. You have a Scott Perry who's notable for uh, being involved to some degree in uh, January 6th. You have Mary Miller who has faced a controversy for posts uh, for uh, praise of Adolf Hitler to some degree. You have Dan Bishop who is a normal Republican Generally, so that's a really confusing one. You got a couple of new people like Keith Self and um, of Andy Ogles in Tennessee. And, you have uh, Matt Gates. Eli Crane. Yeah, Eli, Eli Crane. Eli Crane. Eli Crane. There. You've got, of course, Andy Biggs and Paul Go uh, Paul Gozar. Uh, it, it was interesting to see uh, Gozar apparently reconcile with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez on the House floor. They appeared to have some sort of discussion in detail there. Uh, obviously, uh, for those of you who were paying attention over the last few years. Uh, Gosar was censured by the House for posting a video of himself, uh, a video edited video of him in Attack on Titan murdering Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, which 
So they appear in literacy is dead if he identifies <laughs> with that show. <laughs> so you've got all of this. You got Lauren Boebert, who won her election by I think 300 votes. This is uh, not pushed her to the center, but it's in fact convinced her to apparently get even more crazy. You have uh, so, Matt Rosendale, who I'm pretty sure was Matt Rosendale the guy who was he the one who moved from West Virginia, or was he the one who who got in a fist fight with a reporter? <laughs> No, the guy who got into a fist fight was Greg Giafra. Oh yeah, the governor. Of, He's the now governor, governor of Montana. Yeah, wasn't Rosendale from Jersey? Yeah, he was from no, Jersey. he's from Maryland. He's from Mar Maryland. You're Maryland both Matt. wrong. Maryland, he's Matt from Rosendale. Maryland. Yeah, you fool. So obviously, this is a great selection of A plus figures who know what they're doing. They're great political minds who definitely have a plan here. Um, I would love to know the plan because they've not given the plan, but I'm sure. Josh, what the heck's Josh Breachin's deal too? Why is he doing this? Uh, I'm Michael Cloud. Why are those two guys doing so that? So Michael Cloud is mad that his district took in more Democrats this time, uh, even though it's still not competitive. And Josh Breachin is – I think he was a former aide for G for Jim Info, and so he's really, really angry about deficits. So the Breachin one kind of makes a little bit of sense. Cloud is just literally just, just molding that he has Democrats in his district now. <laughs> Which, can I just say, I find that hilarious. <laughs> It's it's wow. honestly, and then the the most late the latest one is Byron Donalds, who is widely respect, respected in his in the caucus, generally <laughs> liked by both sides. Seems convinced that McCarthy can't get enough votes, but then goes and votes for Jim Jordan, who one is not running for speaker, and two would not get enough votes to, to if he were actually a candidate. Well, I, I, for, to defend Donalds, that just seems to be a protest of just. I don't think McCarthy can win. Then, like, I support Jordan. Agreed. At this rate, and I, I think that's kind of thing to talk about is that I don't know if I necessarily disagree with Byron Donalds that Kevin McCarthy can't get the two A team. I, I don't think he can. Ah, yeah. I, I, I really don't know if Kevin McCarthy mm -hmm. can get to two eighteen by this point because he needs he I, needs I really he don't. needs to not lose five Republicans and he needs to actually really not lose four. Because Bob Good has said he will never vote for McCarthy, and I actually believe him there. He seems uh, extremely angry. Bob about that Good just doesn't want to seem to vote for anyone that's not Bob Good mm -hmm. or Jim Jordan. Which you know what? That's fine. <laughs> There's always one Bob Good going to vote for Bob Good. Bob Good. Bob mm -hmm. Bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. So obviously, that's the situation on the Republican side. On the Democratic side, uh, every single Democrat voted for Hakeem Jeffries. So congratulations, you have a unified political party that knows what they are doing. Um, in particular, this, this leaves a few options. Now there's, I think virtually no scenario where Hakeem Jeffries becomes speaker. This is Agreed. a pretty, this is a pretty ridiculous thing I've seen floating around. It's not going to happen. What could happen that would really make the freedom caucus angry is some scenario where Democrats are required to support the speaker vote. Now you may wonder why this would happen. I think this would actually be incredibly funny and ironic because this has happened to the freedom caucus forever. This is what the Freedom Caucus does. One, they say they will never vote for any budget bill whatsoever. They start flat off, no vote on a budget bill, no omnibus. The omnibus has to be passed. So they don't have enough votes. Who do they go to? The Democrats. The Democrats provide them votes to pass the omnibus. The Freedom Caucus, of course, looks at this and is like, wait, why are you negotiating with them and not me? Which, of course, completely forgets the fact they said they will never vote for this thing at all. So, and so then they use this and say, the omnibus is bad. All omnibus spending is bad. I'm never voting for an omnibus ever. And this cycle just continues repeating. You see this. This is the speaker thing. It's literally the speaker thing. They said they never vote for McCarthy. 
well, what's the other option? One, they find someone who the Freedom Caucus likes, which seems fleetingly unlikely. Or two, look at Democrats and see if they'd be willing to help out in some way. Which is the more viable scenario at this point? I don't think doing with Democrats is something that they could really would want to do. I, I don't but, think they. I, okay, so I've seen this going around. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think the era you're talking about that was a long time ago. The Boehner omnibus mm-hmm. situation that was a long. Oh, time it's still ago. now. No, it's still now. It happened under Trump. It happened. Oh, under I Trump. thought you were talking mm-hmm. about the Boehner. The reason they're so mad at Paul Ryan, they were always mad at Paul Ryan, is he used that for omnibus spending because the Freedom Caucus refused oh. to vote on spending bills. Even okay. they refused to even negotiate on spending bills. Well, regardless, I think it's easier to vote for a spending bill and justify that as a Democrat than to justify a vote for Kevin McCarthy to be speaker. I think that's a harder vote to justify. I I don't know that I can see Democrats agreeing to support that. Uh, oh, it wouldn't be McCarthy. McCarthy. It would have to be it would have to be someone who's not Kevin McCarthy. It would have to be someone it, in the center of the caucus. It would. It, it couldn't be McCarthy. I don't think you get any Democrats to support McCarthy mm-hmm. no matter what they give. I, I do think at some point push will have to come to shove and someone will have to cave here because again, they need to be sworn in. Nothing can be done. I think we now see why Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer were so insistent on getting an omnibus bill done before the new Congress was sworn in for the whole could year. You, could you imagine if we had a spending bill right now? Oh, the Freedom Caucus oh, would be even, very bad. The very Freedom bad. Caucus would be even more stringent. They would be even more stringent than not voting because if you don't have, if people aren't sworn in, you can't possibly pass a budget. So, like, if you're a Freedom Caucus <laughs> member, that's the perfect scenario. There's no possible way they could lose a budget vote because there would be no vote because there's no speaker. It, we narrowly avoided we narrowly avoided disaster. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, the Senate, both parties in the Senate seem to have a much better understanding of how government can work than the House. Well, because the Senate the swore Senate... in all its members today. Yeah, the Senate actually did a job today. <laughs> yeah, the Senate did. The Senate, the Senate had its nice little happy thing. Ben Stass said its goodbyes and Pat Toomey said nice. his goodbyes. John Fetterman came in. Mm-hmm. Katie Britt came in. Katie Britt came in. The Senate operated like a normal government body should. Mm-hmm. And then the House was throwing poo. It, it's it's literally the why can't you just be normal meme. That's that's basically what the House is right now. And then the House wonders why the Senate never gets them involved and asks them to do anything other than vote on the bills that the Senate likes. This is why. This is why, House. If you want to be treated like adults, behave like adults. Do you remember that quote from like two weeks ago? I forget which Senate member it was from the Republicans who said the House just doesn't like governing and they're not a serious political body. Mm -hmm. Boy, were they. Boy, were they prescient. Mm -hmm. Yep. So at this point, what are the options here? So the the House is adjourned for the day. There's no more vote for the day. There's no, no swearing in. Nothing has gone on other than a complete waste of everybody's time. <laughs> Tomorrow they will return. Apparently there are negotiations going on. The problem, of course, is that the Freedom Caucus negotiation demands are ridiculous and will not be approved. If they were approved, the moderates would revolt because the moderates do not want the House Freedom Caucus to take all of their committee slots, especially when the House Freedom Caucus yeah, who knew why- that would be an unmovable line is to just take away committee spots and give them – all to the House Freedom Caucus. Mm. Who and, could and have it, guessed that was an unmovable red line for mm. any normal individual? Yep. So that's that's one potential area. So what are the options you have going forward? One is that a new candidate is that Kevin McCarthy just attrition battle here. It's the battle of Leningrad. They just keep holding votes. 
until eventually enough Democrats just leave and then they win. And then the Republican, you know, McCarthy wins the, the vote. That's one option. Or the, the House Freedom Caucus gives up. Again, this would rely on conservative media really turning on the House Freedom Caucus, which is possible. Uh, we've seen in particular today Mark Levin get very, very angry. He's someone who he is someone who's fairly in touch with the conservative side of the aisle. Hannity would be another one to pay attention to. Not so much Tucker Carlson, but really Hannity. Mm. If Hannity, if Hannity is starting to turn on this, this would be where you'd be concerned. So that's one possibility. Uh, well, I mean, Carlson is still the most watched show, um, media host. So. He is, but he's not influential. He doesn't have the he's he doesn't have the the base. Behind he doesn't have him. a radio show like Sean Hannity. He does. doesn't have a radio. He show. doesn't have the radio show. No, the but, radio. I mean, if, if if there's one thing that Boomer conservatives love, it's AM radio. They that's they, that's fair. That's fair. It, it's it's absolutely huge uh, on the conservative but, side of the aisle. But what I will say for Hannity, at least, um, if Hannity is a, still parroting the Trump line, Trump just kind of backed off a little bit on his mm -hmm. McCarthy endorsement. Yep. So, so that could that, be a sign. Yeah. So that's one option. The other option is or one of the other options is a, another Republican comes forward to be uh, presented to speaker and everyone agrees on it. I think the general Consensus is that if Steve Scalise were the candidate, generally he would have very little difficulty becoming speaker. The problem here is simple. One, he does not want to do this right now. Um, and this would involve elite Florida leadership backstabbing. That's not generally something Steve Scalise is known for doing. The other thing is, of course, Steve Scalise is more conservative than McCarthy. There could be potentially some people on the moderate side who would be very, very vocally in oh. favor of McCarthy. Didn't, will be um, less open to Scalise. It's not. It's not necessarily certain, but it's possible. Didn't. Didn't. Uh, not just Bob Good. I think Scott Perry, Andy Biggs, and Gosar all said they weren't going to support anybody in the current leadership. No, no, no. That was Rosendale. Rosendale said he would. That not was Rosendale. Anyone, yeah, he said. If that was, that was just Rosendale being Rosendale. I don't yeah. think. I don't think any of the. I guess leaders of this things, which you would say is Perry and Biggs, mm -hmm. have. It, it's it's big. It is it is it is Perry. It is Biggs. To some degree, you could probably. I mean, I don't even know who, Chip Roy. Maybe you could throw him in there, but he's too much of a backbencher to even really. I mean, I I remember reading last night, and I think it got posted in our chat that the Whips didn't think Scalise would have the votes either. Mm -hmm. And based he, on the yeah. fact that there were twenty holdouts, I tend to buy that he still could only afford to lose five, which. Would would the Freedom Caucus be willing to turn down on their demands if Scalise is the person? I don't really think so. No, I, I don't think. I so think either. I think you maybe gain most ten back. I'd say yeah. You gain probably the Anna, you gain the Anna Paulina Luna's of the world. You gain Michael Cloud back probably. Breachin yeah. maybe. Ogles maybe. It's but the I don't long. Think it's it's the, the, the like, originals. It, yeah, it's the bit. You know, the Andy Biggs, Scott Perry, Paul Gosar, Bob Good. Those are yeah. Those are a challenge. Oh, However, no. at that point, if you if you're only if you're only losing six, you just need one Democrat to leave. That's more of a, a credible thing to ask. Henry Quaylar, step on down. Yep. So, I mean, but if I'm the Democrats, I'm holding everybody. I'm holding all my people in the room. <laughs> I, I'm I'm grabbing the sergeant at arms, being like, "Don't let anyone leave." Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's one option. Another option is that there is some sort of coalition deal. This is not likely at all, but. Actually, what I would say is this option becomes more likely the longer this thing pulls out. Agreed. Because we actually do need a functional body of government. 
and there are enough people on I both mean, sides. that's just a suggestion of the Constitution, Eric. That, that, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to happen. It's just a suggestion. You know, I, we can just let there, the center run there, I think there are enough institutionalists in the House and enough people in the House who would like to actually be able to tell their constituents they did something. Who would be who would be open to some sort of arrangement in the meantime where you have a compromised speaker candidate that generally just lets the body exist? This would again be a, this would still be a problem though because one this would really anger progressives. This would extremely anger progressives. And, this would also really 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 anger the Freedom Caucus. It would I, probably be irrecon irreconcilable anger. I, I the think caucus. Oh yeah, I think a coalition deal starts Tea Party too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, what I think it, honestly, it it could start that, or it could start conservative media genuinely turning on the Freedom Caucus for the first time because this is unequivocally their fault. Uh, they've left no other it option. Could be, why okay. wouldn't it be both? I don't get why. Yeah, it could be both. It could be both. Yeah, it, the Freedom it, Caucus it just fans. E- it could very easily be both. Yeah, well, and then yeah, we, you get the Freedom Caucus too, uh, which is yeah. just like the Krusty Crab too, uh, which and is the Trump, same thing, and yeah. the Trump Organization too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I forgot then, about that. Yeah, and then the yeah, option. Good reference, Good reference. Thank and then you. the option that will not happen is one where Hakeem Jeffries becomes speaker. That's not going to happen. So let's just throw that one to the side. You have three options. One, McCarthy wins. Two, some other Republican wins. Three, this thing goes on long enough that like you get Don Bacon as speaker or something. I know uh, you know who the people want. You know who the people call for, Eric. You yeah. know who they really want a speaker. It's the man who we all know has wanted to be speaker. Forever. And Eric Cantor? Who? Eric Cantor? That'd be funny, but no. The George real Santos? man who's always wanted to be speaker. The back George benches, Santos was already back speaker. Benches, has been there for like 20 years. Has done nothing. Scott Perry? Or? No, not Scott. Scott Perry's only been there since 2014. He, he hasn't been there for 20 years. Jesus, Scott Perry's almost been there for 10 years. Oh my Jesus God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's been a long time now. But no, I know who the people want a speaker. Who Buddy Carter from oh. Georgia's first district. That's who the people want. They want a man who's just been there. Has he you some of you probably didn't even know who Buddy Carter was until nope. I just said his name right here. <laughs> but that man is a member of Congress. He represents Savannah and its surrounding area. In the part of Georgia's first congressional district, I'm telling you that will be the man to lead this country to unity. It is Buddy Carter. Definitely, definitely, definitely going to be him. So while we have a little bit of time left, we got about three and a half minutes here left before we're going to hop off. Do us a speed run of what has happened in Pennsylvania State House. This is also really interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be writing an article about this tonight. Uh It'll be quick fire. I'm not going to go into any details because I have personal connections that wouldn't be happy with me, probably. Yeah. Um, I will say this is still an evolving situation because, and I think it's not impossible here, we thought we had a, Democrats thought they had put up a unity speaker, a guy by the name of Mark Rossi. Uh He's a more, I wouldn't necessarily call necessarily full-on moderate a la Frank Burns, but like I would say more libertarian-ish. Uh, member of the Democratic Congress uh, of the Democratic Caucus in Pennsylvania, he's voted against them on some gun bills, and I think uh, there is something, uh, some financial and uh, some financial bills as well. He's voted for with Republicans on. Uh, Rossi, however, though, has been pretty typically a Democrat, uh, and people thought that he would be a Democrat, and then he went up there and he said, "Oh, by the way, I am going to be an independent speaker." 
I am. A, oh, wait, I am not, wait, was that not just political fluff where he was like, I'll be an independent? No, boy. he's actually not, an independent now. No, he he said he will actually be. He meant independent as been the big eye, uh, Dylan, not just oh, lowercase eye. Big, <laughs> big eye. I, I see. I read it as the big eye, and then I read the quote, and it's like, oh, he's clearly just doing the political fluff thing. Nope, he has re-registered as an independent, apparently. He, he has oh, said that boy. he, which would theoretically, even after uh, the specials uh, end, uh, that would mean if Rozzy were to stay an independent, that means the house would be stuck at 101 to 101 to 1. <laughs> which, uh, you know, that's that that's would be something beautiful. interesting. That's beautiful, honestly. Like, so, of course, I should say that Rodzi Rose, he, he has a lot of respect among the Republican base. He came out as someone who was actually sexually abused by Catholic priests. Uh, when he was young, he worked on Republicans with uh, one of the many sexual abuse bills that came out of uh, the state house and state senate in Pennsylvania uh, during the last uh, decade. Uh, when those issues came up, he gained a lot of, you know, strength and uh, notoriety for coming out against that and showing his strength fair in that way. But this would be a big deal. This is a huge deal. If he becomes independent, this is a huge deal, whether or not there's a backroom deal that Rousey would become a Democrat again. Uh, if slash when Democrats take back those three Allegheny area house seats in a special election, uh, you know, we have no knowledge of that yet. <laughs> so until that happens, <laughs> Right now, in theory, we have a 101 to 101 to one state house. Uh, that'll change to 100 to 101 to one, in theory, because Republicans are losing a member uh, who is going to be their nominee for a super safe R seat uh, in the state Senate. Uh, and then who knows? Because when you have a one seat majority, Eric and Dylan, when this yeah. happens, if someone, you know, were to randomly die, let's say, you know, one of the many old people in, in the Allegheny or Philadelphia area for the Democrats has a heart attack, you know, just that it has a heart attack and dies, you know, suddenly Republicans could just do a power grab again and say a Republican mm -hmm. dies from, again, a lot of old Republicans out there dies from a heart attack, you know, that could make things fucked too. So yeah. Stuff's wait, not. So in other words, in other words, you mean narrow majorities are bad. Yes, you <laughs> see, you see, guys, when you draw a state house map that, on more occasions than not, because of a lack of truly competitive seats, could push out a one hundred two to one one majority on a good amount of occasions instead of just an abnormality. This is called what you have a bad idea, and you may have a bad. Excuse me, my camera almost fell there. Uh, new camera today, folks. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but uh, until that happens, this is what's called a bad map. And thus a bad thing is occurring mm -hmm. when you only have one seat majorities, because mm -hmm. when you only have one seat majorities, stuff doesn't run so hot. It, it could be worse. It could, it could be North Carolina where you have a, where you had the legislature general assembly was elected 60 to 60. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they had a power sharing agreement. And then the next year Republicans win one seat and it becomes 61 to 59. And then one of those Republicans switches and becomes a Democrat to make it 60 to 60 again. And then it later turns out that that Republican was bribed in the bathroom by the, by the house speaker in an IHOP Wait, bathroom. What? Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> Man, that sounds like a great story. You should write about that, Eric. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, the, the this Republican random backbencher Republican, very conservative, switched parties out of the blue to become a Democrat and give them, you know, a 60-60 split. And then it later turned out that the incumbent House-speaking uh, Democrat, the Democratic House Speaker, bribed him in an IHOP bathroom to become a Democrat. Uh, not even a Waffle House bathroom. <laughs> he bribed yeah. him in an IHOP. Yeah. Man, so it could be worse. Bribe. It could be worse. Just think it, it could be worse. It, it can could always be better, be you know, it could, could be better. It could be not bad. We <laughs> could have not bad options in our government. Who knew that? You know what? This year wanted to start off with some chaos, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I don't year. like the chaos. The chaos <laughs> makes my heart not work so Look, good in my heart. Already the wasn't the chaos is bad. I tried to play hockey for the first time in four years <laughs> last the Friday. The chaos so. is bad for democracy, but it's great content. It's objectively great content. It's good for it our, is objectively good for our great channel. content for us. <laughs> We love this for us. Objectively, <laughs> it was fantastic news. <laughs> but with yeah. that, I think but with that, we'll close off tonight's special episode. Again, thank you guys for watching. Really appreciate your support. Feel free to like, follow, subscribe to us wherever you're watching, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, all of the places that we're at. You can subscribe to us, podcast platforms. Our website's elections-daily.com. We post articles, uh, tools, all sorts of great stuff. So be sure to give us a visit there. But until next time, uh, we'll see you on next uh, the next edition of Elections Weekly.